Hello, I'm Ryan, and this is You're Not Watching That, the podcast where I'm finally catching up with all those films I should have seen. But my parents wouldn't let me. Uh, it's episode two, and this week we're talking about another 80s classic. Our first look at the work of the 38th Governor of California and former Mr. Olympia, Arnold Alwars Schwarzenegger. But which of his back catalogue to go for? Here's your clues. He plays a man who does a bit of running. You guessed it. It's The Running Man. Right, so here we are. Episode two, made it. And uh, if you've made it to two in a row, uh, congratulations. Nice to have you here. Um, as I said, I'm Ryan. And who else could be joining me? I mean, it could be uh, Arnold Alois Schwarzenegger. But no, it is uh, Dinnington's finest, the purveyor of the finest glass vases, is Dan Fudge. I was going to say your middle name then. I always forget it anyway. So it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> make, I'm Ryan make, Alex. Make one up. Daniel Paul. Uh, Christopher. Uh, yeah, all right, you don't look like a Christopher. I think that's why I thought it was Paul. But anyway, hello, Dan. How are you? I'm all right. Yes, it's me, the same guy from last week. So uh, so that's nice for everybody. Bit of continuity. Yeah. And we've got we've got episode three lined up. We've got uh, maybe potentially another Yorkshireman joining for the third one. So uh, that'll be interesting. See if we ruin the dynamic. It's like when, uh, who was it? Some of them bands, Sugar Babes, went down to two and then to three. And then it's like, will it ruin it, do you think, Dan? Or, you know, we'll be all right, won't we? I've still not got over hearsay, you know, when they replaced Kimberly with uh, with Johnny Johnny Shentall, and they didn't go down Ooh. the uh... right. So interesting story. Sidebar. Oh, right. Uh, so uh, hearsay was put together. It was one of the first. It was the first, wasn't it? It was Pop Stars. It was called where it went it was, for that. It was pure and simple, really. It was pure and simple. And then uh, Kim Kim Marsh left the band. And they thought they would do another big, and they missed the trick by not doing another big uh, search for a, for the replacement for Kimberly. They just got Lisa Scott Lee's boyfriend, and he just went in who'd been the boy brand before. They're like, oh, you've ruined it. Oh, you've ruined it. Because if it's not Kim Marsh, it's going to get harsh. I think that's, okay. that's good. That, that is the rule. That is the rule. So uh, have you been thinking much about Robocop since last week? Has it crossed, you, crossed your, uh, your life like a black cat across the road? I did. I did go down a rabbit hole, and I kept sending them you, didn't I, to to look at the uh, Saturday morning cartoons that were made for kids. Yeah. Um, that were based on hyper-violent movies from the eighties. I mean, <laughs> what was going on there? It looked quite a lot like cross between TMNT. Yeah, checking my letters. Uh, just, you know, you go and do an acronym and spell like fuck or something yeah. by accident, which just said anyway. Uh, yeah, it looks very kid-friendly. It's very Saturday morning just before going live. Do you remember? Do you remember the? Uh, some, I've gone again. Okay, we will talk about the film in a minute, but I remember getting up early um, and going downstairs, get a bit, you know, some Golden Grahams or some uh, oh, Golden Grahams. What we're talking about, I didn't live in Chicago, uh, some Monster Munch or something like that. No, Monster Munch is why am I doing that? It was the one with the monster on Sugar Puffs. Sorry, I think they're really hell, right? no, don't worry, don't, mate. I'm showing my age, and I just sit there and put on the, the there's all these random cartoons before going live and live and kicking came on yep. again. As I say, most weeks, Google it. Saturday mornings was made for kids, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, do you remember that? The stuff before the main stuff kicked in, before Grandstand. Again, Google it. Do you remember that pre-stuff? Uh, what, 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 what sort of shows are we talking about? I probably did. Oh, God, random as hell. It, it would be stuff like the Moomins... And I, mean, I don't think it was the movement. Really, maybe uh, Jason the Argonauts. Is Jason it? the Wheeled Warriors. Wheeled Warriors, that's it, yeah. It wasn't some old Greek story. Uh, but yeah, no, that was just great time. Sitting in your pyjamas with like Transformers on the front or maybe Robocop, if you're a wrong one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I did watch Jason the Wheeled Warriors because I always thought he was going to get home. And it was like Dungeons and Dragons. Never seen it. Never seen them get home. And, and they, they had the opportunity every week. It's like that thing in Labyrinth where they go, you don't want to go that way. Yeah. That's where the castle is. You're like, God damn If it had gone that way, it's like right somewhere to the castle. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? The amount of times. Actually, quite a sweet moment for this. They do, since David Bowie died, they've done this thing every year where his band and people who they call them the alumni have got together. And if, um, they play his music with different guest artists, some better than others. Gary Barlow once was singing. It's just really random. And there's a girl called um, Rachel Evan Wood. She was in the, you know her? She was in the video for um, Wake Me Up When September Comes. Mm -hmm. She's an actress in her own right. And she dressed as Jareff from The Labyrinth, as Bowie from that. And Mike Garson's just playing on the piano, his old pianist. And they've just got the worm there, just dancing on the, <laughs> just swaying, looking at her like that. And it's, oh, it's honestly, it's a killer moment. Anyway. 
Let's stay in 1987 where we were last week. And do you know what? This is absolutely the God's honest truth, which is coming from an atheist. Obviously, doesn't mean a great deal. Um, but I, we just were just chatting away, weren't we, last week? We went, what should we do? Should probably do Arnie. Because uh, I think I've only seen Kindergarten Cop and that Batman film that he's in. I don't think I've seen him in much. Oh, I know. I just think he's awful. But um, <laughs> this film hasn't changed a lot of that, but we'll come to that in a minute. Um so we picked Running Man, and the Running the Running Man, sorry, has turned out to be very, very similar in lots of ways to RoboCop, almost a sister piece, if you will. <laughs> but as I did last week, and um, you know, forgive me for uh, repeating myself, but you know, it's called a series. This is a section where I say the uh, things I knew before, the things I thought I saw, the things I knew before. So this film, I think last week I said something like somebody who's got a folding neck. And now I've actually thought about that in the week, and I think that's a total recall. I think I've got the wrong film because it didn't, no one's neck, well, things happen to necks in this film, but there was no folding neck. So I think I've crossed my arnies, cross-pollinated them. I know something about him being in like a, a kind of a, a running suit, which I know sounds really obvious, but really, yeah. and apart from Smash TV, the computer game, which everyone used to tell me was kind of similar to it, but which I had played. Computer games were fine, but don't watch that film, I guess. Uh, that's all I knew. What about you, Dan? When did you first come across The Running Man? And uh, yeah, what did you think of it in general? Back in the day? Uh, as we uh, as we discussed last week, there was always that Rongan kid that had seen all those uh, all all these movies, and uh, we we went around his house one day, one of those uh, summer days. I'd have been about seven or eight years old, and um, and we and he chucked this film on, and he was one of those people that would commentate all the way through it. But fast forward the talky bits. So I was like, what, what's happening? So it fast forwarded to the bit where they came across the um they were called the stalkers in the movie, weren't they? The gladiators, right. as it were. Yeah, yeah. And um they came across the stalkers and then uh and then and then I'd watch that bit and then he fast forward to the next bit and I'd be like, What is happening? So I remember going back to his house two weeks later, I went, Can I just watch that film? Yeah. And uh and my uh my great grandparents, unfortunately, had, had, had passed away. Not, not, not in, in that period. And um, and I got given a, this terribly old top-loading video recorder, and he lent me the video in a leather-bound case, of course. Yeah, you know what I mean? The, the, flirtily, flirtily on the side, and uh, and I sat and watched, um, sat and watched the Running Man on my own, and it terrified me beyond belief. You know, how, I, how I, I should. I was eight, eight, eight or seven. Yeah, yeah, that's proper. Now we're in. None of this shit of was 19 and I watched it with some girls to impress her. Now we're talking. This is you with a knobhead who was watching it when you shouldn't have been while yeah. I was watching Michael Jackson live at Roundhead Park. Absolutely. There's, you know, and, and when you think about this, people getting limbs chopped off, there's this, there, you know, there's a really disturbing bit at the beginning where people are getting massacred, there's sexual assault, attempted sexual assault, there's there's people rolling over. I, I, it, and, and I think I genuinely, and the reason I suggested this last week, I think this was the, the movie that desensitized me to anything that anybody can show me in a film. Because I remember go, going to bed and going, God, that was... That was bloody awful. And if I and and there's a, there's a bit in it where a guy who wears an electronic light suit gets uh, gets wet and gets electrocuted. Oh, you mean my main man Dynamo? Yeah, Dynamo, not the Bradford-based uh, Crohn's suffering uh, magician. And by the way, I have Crohn's too. I'm not just ripping the bit. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, not him. Uh, I remember thinking if I held something electric in <laughs> in the rain, I was going to end up like him. Uh, yeah. It absolutely, it terrified me. Uh, but looking back it's quite silly now don't get me wrong but it just I, I don't know why it just stuck with me and this this movie for me isn't regarded as one of the big top 10 80s movies you know like um like predator like it is or isn't isn't right i i think it's not it's not predator it's not terminator it's not robocop and i wanted to get one in that was a little bit it's kind of obscure but it is an arnie movie I thought Completely. you were about to say this was avant-garde or some shit. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is Arnie when he was in his, you know, real Bauhaus period. And I was like, what the fuck? So I was gonna ask you that though. So this isn't this isn't top tier, this isn't top shelf, Arnie. No, this is this is you know, only because Arnold Schwarzenegger has become a um a trope in himself has has this got a lot more traction. But I I don't even remember why we landed on this film. I was talking about about a certain movie that we'll probably come to going forward, and I and I was telling you about it's got predictions in it and the way that the world is moving forward i mean you know the great man brian clough uh back in i want to say the 80s said you all lot are uh, you're, you're over analyzing it and you're talking about it all the time and you're gonna absolutely suck the joy out of football we all remember that that interview if, you, if you're into your football and i think this this movie predicted a lot of the way the world was going and surely you must have picked that up right 
I did to the point that I actually typed it in um, and looked for for that. Um, I also typed in the fact that people have put something like jetpacks, and I thought mm, the things that the running man predicted. I was thinking, did you not see? Uh, was it Thunderball? Um, I'm pretty sure Bond's on a jetpack back then, and that's about 1964. So, uh, yeah, that's that's not quite right. But no, of course it did. I saw lots of things that I thought were very similar to things we know now. I mean, in fact, I've even took took a little note here of the opening bit where it says by 2017. And I was trying to think of 2017, thinking, okay, year post Brexit, Bowie's dead, Prince is dead. Okay, so it's about right. Uh, the world economy has collapsed. Food, natural resources, and oil are in short supply. What? <laughs> yeah, the police state divided into paramilitary zones, rules with an iron hand, uh, not an iron woman. And then it says about television is controlled by the state. All art, music, and communications are censored. I mean, if you've heard Ed Sheeran and some of the ships in the charts, you could argue that's true. Uh, no <laughs> dissent is <laughs> hi Ed. If you ever want to come on, you're not. Uh, no dissent is tolerated, and yet a small resistance movement has managed to survive underground. When high tech gladiators are not enough to suppress the people's yearnings for freedom, more direct methods become necessary. Um, it is spooky. Even reading that first bit, you're like, yeah, this is kind of the world we're living in in lots of ways. And I think they even mentioned something like the inter. They don't say internet. They say like interhob or something like that in it, don't they? Infonet. Infonet. That's it. Yeah, I knew there was yeah. a bit where there was something with it. So, I, I think we'll probably do what we did last time, where don't go blow by blow, but look at some. You've got some great info. Normally, things you've found. First bit where it come up was said based on a novel by Richard Bachman, and I was like, "Ooh, who's Richard Bachman?" And normally, I'd have just gone, "Well, that's Richard Bachman." And then I decided to do this. See a bit of that's a keyboard, actual piano keyboard. So it doesn't sound as good, but <laughs> it's Stephen King. It's Stephen King. Yeah, Stephen King. Well, lo and behold, someone's taken Stephen King and turned him into a film. What's yeah, what's yeah. that? Now, I, I I think Stephen King himself must have not been proud of this because it's not normally the the twist and turns that it, that he normally does. And um, and he's gone. I'm just going to do a big silly stupid movie, but a big silly stupid book. But I'm not putting my name to that. I'm just going to put it out there and see what asshole buys it. And somebody yeah. did. Oh. I must say, I mean, I read quite a bit, and I think he's, I think he's great. He writes really well. In fact, I read one of his books about how to write books because I'm trying to get into writing some novels and stuff. And he's he just some of the way he talks and his comedy, and he's a bit dark and mm -hmm. stuff you'd imagine. But do you know what? I thought, yeah, I, I can see elements of it. Once I knew, I knew about halfway through the film because I just paused it to have a little look and see where I was at. But yeah, so it's in the family of it, and you know, Green Mile and all the other ones he's written that have become amazing things. But uh, Pet Cemetery, yada yada yada, tons of them. The Shining. I tell you what, read The Shining with just you and your girlfriend in a chalet on the side of Mont Blanc when it's really cold and dark outside. It's horrific. It's way better than the film. I have seen The Shining before it comes to that. But yeah, that book is frightening when you're reading it and you just go, shit, there's no one here but French death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so is there anything you want to say about Stephen King writing it that matters to any of your stats or not? Or we, uh... No, you, you, you've actually picked it up. I was going to tell you it was a pseudonym of uh, uh, Stephen King. But I, 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 do you know what? I'm actually happy that this, this film inspired you so much to look up who the author was. I, I've changed. I've changed in a week, mate, already. Um, I'm going to... I once saw uh, Graham Norton and they had Emma Thompson on, who I think is great value whenever she's on anything. And she'd she'd done a film with Arnie back in the day. I'm trying to think if it's the one where he's pregnant or something. I can't remember which one it is. And I can't remember the exact flow of it, so forgive me how I do this. But uh, basically, Graham Norton says something like, and uh, Arnie, uh, good at acting? And she goes, oh, oh, God, no, awful. Uh, it's just the way she said it. I think, oh, God, darling, no, he can't act. <laughs> and it really stuck with me that whenever I'd seen him, he does the following things. Uh, we'll kind of have a bit of tennis if you want. Noises that Arnie makes. He does one in the helicopter at the start of this where he gets pulled over the back of a seat and he goes, ah! <laughs> so shit. Any more there's, Arnie noises? There's the one where he's got his mouth wide open and it's a similar noise, but he's always screaming. They, they do it in Total Recall. He does it in Predator. He goes, ah! And he's and he's kind of he's wincing and he's in pain, but he's got his mouth wide open, showing his teeth gap. He yeah, doesn't move. Yeah, yeah, he's got that. Um, that this one, this one, to, for you to pick up on his on his acting, I've actually written Arnold Schwarzenegger shit acting in my uh, in my notes here yeah. because there, for some reason, like you've you've got the opening scene right. If we go through the movie, you've got the opening scene where um, he's he's essentially a. Uh, a maligned hero, isn't he? he? He disobeyed what we would be referred to now as an illegal order, and then he gets mashed up by his mates. The, the, the order's executed. Lots of people are, uh, are murdered, but you don't see that bit. And um, 
No. And then he's he's in prison. And the prison escape itself, that, you know, it was all like, hey, Jata, come on here. And he's got his stogies and, and all this. And then there's a moment when he meets the female lead in it, or I say the lead, but the closest you get to a female lead in it is, um, is the character Amber. Yep. Now, this is a man who's now moved into a dystopian... I'm putting faces to Dan about Amber. That's why he's going to say. <laughs> yes, she is top banana in this. <laughs> and um, she, so he goes into what he believes to be his brother's apartment. She's now living there. And, you know, if you and I were in that situation, we'd go, hey, it's okay. I'm, I'm not going to murder you, even Hold though you've just seen. We'd have to add this, Dan. She's on a, what looks to be like a, a workbench type weight thing, wearing a silk black negligee. Yeah. Not a lot more. So you just go, fuck, there's someone in there. Ring yeah, yeah. John. Hey, John, there's a there's a bird in your thing doing weights. Yeah. What does he do? No, he, he stands over with his, uh, with his uh, meat and two veggies hanging over her forehead, smiling. And there's, there, and, and like I said, there's a bit where you'd kind of be like, oh, shit, sorry, I thought my brother lived here. And, and everything's explainable. But, yeah. uh, but for some reason, he adopts this really cocky persona where he's like, Oh, so what's all this then? And he's going through the cupboards and he's pulling out cassettes in 2019. And oh, it's all in our bits order. And you shut up. We're going to go in. And you're like, what? You, why are you being a dick? Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's awful. I mean, because obviously we are highly aware anyway of the way things were back then, especially how films are now and equality is now, which is obviously we completely applaud. But with these films, I'm fully aware I'm going to see. I, I say I almost have a tick, tick box of boobs being out, Women gyrating, women naked, uh, cocaine, um, some form of violence, more cocaine. And that's what I'm looking for. I didn't hit all the tick lists on this one. I must say, you don't want to be on coke in the running man situation, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, there was no no 80s cocaine party in this one. So you could, But there was something that you might need to add to your list. And I had to Google this to find out what the name of it is. And you get it a lot in soap operas. You know when they, I'm going to do it on the, you know, we can see each other, but mm -hmm. I appreciate people at home. Can't radio, so, as they say, yeah. so they're, they're facing the camera. And they're talking to a person behind them, but the camera is is on the and they're in the background. Yeah, but they're not facing each other. Like the, it's usually the female in the eighties movies yeah, yeah. where they're talking to the leads back. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that term is called Adam Westing. So oh. you can imagine Batman doing it in the sixties. They were going, "Okay, Robin," and then in the background, "Holy jeepers, bananas!" Batman in the background, and you go. So Adam Westing is a huge eighties trope, wow. and that features quite well in this movie. Yeah, the, the tapes, for those who haven't seen it, music, as I said at the start, is kind of banned. So he's kind of looking through the tapes going, you shouldn't be having this music. I'm going to get some really good accents here. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't be having this music, basically. But what would be funny is um, if he did have the music of Fleetwood Mac, uh, because that was a weird moment. So running forward a little bit, so I'm running again. Do you know what? I even looked up. How much does Arnold Schwarzenegger run in the film Running Man? That's not a lot. Not a lot. We'll probably come to that. Not uh, big on his cardio. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's all he's all about the top half, isn't he? Um, so yeah, in the prison, there's someone getting their head blown off because they're trying to make an escape. And you know he's buggered because you haven't even seen the blow. Go on, Carlos, you can do it, man. No, no, the gates aren't down. Pfft, head gone. Yeah. But and we'll probably come to this a few times. Compared to Robocop, it really isn't that violent. This film. There's hardly nope. any blood. There's no, you can see what you meant last week about Robocop being the overkill and the gore of what it was and the shootings and what was it, that poor sod who had 50 shotgun blows to the face and somehow <laughs> lived. Um, even there, it's kind of like bang, head gone, but then it cuts to the body on the floor. Robocop would have been, here's your epiglottis coming out and God knows what. So uh, yeah, head blown off, they sort of escape. So he goes to the flat of his brother, basically just really assaults a woman, is bang out of order. Um, oh no, before that, before he's gone there, he goes to a gang of guys who are trying to get these collars off, aren't they? Because they're going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a bloke there, and I'm thinking, he's English, that stands out. Then I thought, <laughs> he looks like a younger man dressed as an older man. And then I thought, God, he looks like Mick Fleetwood. And they call him Mick. Who was it? Mick Fleetwood. It was Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood, <laughs> yeah. uh, who around this time might have been presenting the Brits with Sam Fox. Again, Google it. Oh, you'll have an interesting view if you do that. Uh, but but there, there was there was Mick Fleetwood there. Knowing that in 2019 his band was still going to be prevalent in the cassette-laden wardrobes of scantily clad 80s women in workout gear, you know what I mean? He knew he was going to have he knew he was going to have a big long career, according to this movie. 
But I don't know if that's meant. I, I didn't see the end credits. Is he Mick Fleetwood playing old Mick Fleetwood, or have they just gone? I've got a role for you here, Mick. One you in the film, you know, you guys are touring LA at the time. Ah, uh, character named Mick work for you? Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about me. Because <laughs> he was also David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. I do you know what? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, let let you know. Let's let's get back to this. So so right. So now he's he's gone to the underground resistance, hasn't he? Had the the neck thing removed, and then now he's recruited this woman, and now he's going to try and make his his great escape. And he's still being really cocky, even though he's going through a daring escape to try and go through this cashless society where you need these travel credits. And he's still being quite cocky with this woman, and gets disarmed by a punch in the knackers and somebody stepping on his toe. Yeah. It's classic um, George and Mildred, where, I mean, I yeah. Google that one. It's just something I know from my mum and dad. Uh, yeah, it's properly like, ah, what are you doing? You ain't got tickets. Mate, I mean, look, follow Macaulay Culkin. Knock all the tickets over. Actually, they do get through. They get through by doing that thing with the bag, don't they? Then there's just some yeah. squirrel, like arguing. And he's wearing a fine shirt. Which fine shirt. He quotes later on. We won't ruin the whole film. She says something like, uh, I should have just gone to, gone to Hawaii. Or something like that. And he goes, I had the shot for it, but you fucked it up. That's a great line. <laughs> it was a bit where I thought it was actually good. It was one of the only bits of acting. Like he in his head, he's going, Well, I had the shirt on, but you wrecked it. But you ruined that. So now he's in basically all I've written for the next bit was science. There's a lot more science in this next bit, a lot of experiments and getting you ready for shit. Because what is going on? What's the big thing that everyone loves to watch, Dan? Oh, people getting injected in the knuckles. Everybody loves that. That, that. That's what they're up for. And just science guys doing science things. But they're going to be part of the show. Running Man is kind of like your X Factor meets violence meets Smash TV computer game, right? Okay, so so this this was the bit that that I wanted to to, to dial into so so much because there's a there's a a wonderful bit where you know we when we were speaking about doing this we mentioned black mirror and the not too distant future and and the like and when you when you think about the things it predicted like like you like you referenced the, you know there's some of the bits like the 24 hour news cycle so this program is on all day every day it's got the bloodthirsty crowd it's got um um it, you know the the tech even around the neck is still the same as what they peddled out in the Suicide Squad movie back in like 2016. That you know that was they they predicted that there was um you know the crowd rooting for the underdog that's that's there because all of a sudden that old lady changes who she who's going to get the kill. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it it's got that and there's even uh the bit where you know I'm, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but even the bit where they remake the video to show is it Ben his name is. Uh, Richards, I think. Yeah, yeah, the the butcher or something. They they doctor it, and they even use deep fake technology, yeah, which yeah. has been which has been in the news the the, the last the last year, and um and you know that I think I found the same list as you did here. So it says things like uh, jetpacks. There's a short supply of food and oil, and and and, it, and it's really quite eerie that this is set in 2019, and they they've got quite a lot right when you look at something like Back to the Future, and they're trying to predict 2015, and we've got Jaws 19 3D holograms coming through. There's not a lot that they got right in that movie at all, right. but this one... A bit earlier, didn't it? Coming like late 80s, probably 3D stuff. But yeah, yeah, this one's got a lot of it right. Um, I'd argue with the, uh, the another connection here. The, 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 I genuinely thought they were going to go down what one they're going to call the Verhoeven route, of, right. uh, this kind of American thing with the adverse and stuff. Now, we know he's a disgruntled... Uh, European, I think, Paul, is mm -hmm. yeah, doing his thing. This is directed by none other than Paul Michael Glazer, who is... I've no idea. Oh my... Okay, so he is famous for playing Starsky in Starsky and Hutch. Really? Yeah, I can't remember which one it was, yeah. So Detective Dave Starsky in 1970's Starsky and Hutch is he. He's the director of this film. I actually had no idea. I didn't, I didn't come across that at all. I just... I've looked, I was I finished watching it twenty minutes ago, and I just did all this equipment and stuck in that one. But yeah, he he does that. So I thought he was going to go down the route of because uh, there is a wonderful advert for another TV show on this, which again it was just it really got to me. So there's a bit where it cuts to a bloke climbing a rope, and there's loads of money on the rope, and there's a load of like what my sister used to call roller biters below him, rottweilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's called climbing for dollars, <laughs> which ties in with I buy that for a dollar. Um, but the best bit is. This bloke's climbing. He's going to win my award for bloke who got the job. You know, like Mr. Catch the Gun and Dance last week. Yeah, yeah. Believe me, I was looking. There's a lot of crowd in this. It's very hard to pick someone out. This guy 
Hey, we've got a job for you, John. Yeah, yeah, what are we going to do? You're going to climb a rope with some dogs underneath. I like it. What's it called? It's called Running Man. Don't worry about that. You're in a program called Climbing for Dollars. But the best bit is one of these dogs rips his fucking foot off. <laughs> and he's still going, I got to get them dollars. I got to get, get, get them dollars. <laughs> but at that point, I thought it was going to do the Verhoeven thing. I thought there's a little bit of a newscast, isn't there, saying about, it's talking to you about Ben Richards, Arnie. Mm-hmm you know, killing all these people because they basically lied and said that he's he's knackered them all when in fact he was a humanitarian. That's probably why I ended up being governor of Australia. Australia. Oh, Australia. Oh. Give us a, so we've got to announce today the new governor of Australia, Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, so yeah, we've got the show going on. So he's been hoiked into the show. Tell me a bit about Gene Pitney. Sorry. Uh, Jerry Sinclair. Sorry. Declan, <laughs> the host of this show because if that isn't a mix of those two men, I don't know what is. Damon Killian. Is yeah. the is the character there? Yeah. So so he's essentially the he's kind of a mix between uh, Dermot O'Leary and uh, Simon Cowell. It's harsh we, O'Leary. That it is harsh on O'Leary in in the in the fact that he's just the presenter. Uh, you know what I mean? The rest of it is the Simon Cowell brainchild. Oh yeah. And uh, and he's got everybody sewn up. And like you say, he's got people talking about him on the news. He's got people talking about it in here. And he's and he's like. And I, I don't know if you if you've ever seen this. There is a program right now on Netflix uh, talking about the um, a bodybuilder, uh, two bodybuilders that got married, and uh, she's ended up killing him. And and was well, she innocent? Was it self defense and all the rest of it? But there's an interesting bit where they're talking about this this bodybuilder going to these shows, and uh, one year they tried to make it clean, mm. like no steroids, no and yeah, and the and the crowd complained. They were like. Well, we want to see the freaks. What the hell, what yeah, the hell yeah, is the, this? That bit where they go, yeah, the bit where they do that pose that nobody knows what the flex in, where they're kind yeah, of picking it up. Yeah. Um, so there, there, there's an element of that that bloodthirsty crowd element in there, and I can't remember my point. What, what was I? What was I talking about? Uh, the, the the show started. We were talking about Declan and saying he was like the yeah. producer and host, and he's bought. He's got everyone's mind going. Even the yeah. The, can I say the crowd in the street? Where they got that big screen from? I, they just they just built it. Just you know, it's just part of the infrastructure of LA. Yeah, it's part of the infrastructure. You know, it, they didn't want to watch it through shop windows. That's two seven, six days from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We're not interested, so we're just going to build a, a big screen like a fan zone in a uh, in a Premier League football ground car park. I'm just going to add this to it. So you've got all this tech, we've got all this wonderful stuff, but you've still got to have bookies with paper. <laughs> Give me two hundred on riches. Give me three hundred. I'll show you. It's like there's no one tapping anything on any cards. Going here, mate. But you know, yeah. So, it's a cashless society, but and when you need credit, travel credits, but also when it comes to illegal betting on the street where they've spelt sub-zero wrong, you know, you've got to wave them dollars. Yeah, Benjamins are, are absolutely raining down. So the show, the show starts, he's been holoiked in. You've got yeah. this kind of scummy kind of bloke doing the hello. Everyone loves him. He's quite evangelistic. He's very much like a preacher. You, and I think there's that nice little moment here where you've got even an old woman at the front, you know. So when you've got old women, tearing blood and wanting to rip the meat from the bones with their teeth or the dentures mm-hmm. or it might be that's showing you society is absolutely on its ass isn't it and that's kind of what they're aiming at i think that's that's what that crowd yeah. say and the people they're asking the crowd like who do you want next very bookwormy or very average man yeah they're the uh it, it, you know it, it again it's got that um great what's the word commentary on american capitalism so the so the rich can go to the stadiums go to the gladiatorial arena itself and go and watch this but the uh the scumbags who can't afford their medical bills they're on the street waving the benjamins you know what i mean they're they're the ones warming the hands around the uh around the burning uh the burning oil drums that that, gloves yeah yeah that type of thing so right so yep he gets in it and then who's the so the the premise is he gets put into a into a pod Flown oh, into no, it before that. Before that, he has a lawyer who he stabs in the back with a pen. I think we should just leave that there because that's just <laughs> awful. That could have ruptured a kidney. And also, lovely little touch here: the suits. Yeah. Before we put him in the pod and the little wheelie thing, which for some reason didn't. Yeah, we'll talk about Declan in the end. That was that was just mad. Um, yeah, just hit a face thing. Um, the suits are made by Adidas. <laughs> did you notice that did you I, I, I are they on the sleeve this i i don't know how i saw it because my colors are not a good thing so he's got his name on here and his is obviously gold and they've got his two mates aren't they uh why yeah. the other chap and they're they're in another one and then on the sleeve here just where it's all a bit like quilted adidas and hers is the same as well it's on his right arm adidas got their noses in and went here you go 
<laughs> so are we talking an early product placement there from Adidas? Is that talking triple leaf Adidas logo? Not that nineties one. We just look at you trying to look for something. It's on his right arm. I'm telling you, it's, it's an Adidas suit. I, I've got him. I've got it on in the background that he's, he's currently fighting chainsaw at the minute, about to go through his groin in that, which is which is a highly disturbing scene. I should not have been watching that at eight years old. No, but yes. The why it's an eighteen. So yeah, okay. Is any Adidas suit? They're about to put him in the car. Please tell me you're going to mention the fact that I thought this catchphrase was from a different film, but he said it again. Oh, the uh, what did you say? I'll be back. Fuck yeah, he's in is the it... thing, and he looks at Declan and goes, "I'll be back." I'm like, "Are you pissing me?" Because I'm sure Terminator's before this. <laughs> it, is, it is, but I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Last Action Hero. Have you ever seen it? Is that the one with the toy? It, no, it's kind of a. It's oh, kind. Of, no, that's no. I've not seen that. So Last Action Hero is a spoof of the action movies, and it's it's about a young boy that goes into the into movie land uh, through the through the cinema. And um, and he meets Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh. and uh, and he and he mentions the term "I'll be back," and he goes, oh, "I knew you were going to say that. You say it all the time." And I was thinking, I'm sure it's only Terminator he says that. And that, yeah, you're right. And when he when he does say it in this movie, you go, "Oh, he says it as well." And and now there's going to be people listening to this screaming, going, "He says it in every film, you pair of clowns. What are you on about?" But obviously, I haven't seen Terminator, so I've just seen it on clips and memes and stuff. So are you telling me that? Someone wrote in because there's no way Stephen King wrote that line. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. Separate scheme, screenplay, or Richard Bachman. Um, but somebody went. I tell you what, would be really funny right now. On why don't you say that thing you said in Terminator? That'd be right. Good. That there'd be phone calls. Be can we use that again? Is that okay? Is it his? Does he own it? Is he copyrighted those words? I'll be back. Is it? You know, it's like I don't think he does. I don't think he says it in. Um, what do you call it in Batman? Junior. Batman and Robin. Yeah, I don't think he says it in Kindergarten Cop unless he's nipping off to the loo or something. It's the kids. I'll be back, you know. It, it might that's, be. That's just, I found that really poor. I think leave that. I haven't seen Terminator, like I say, we will cover it. But why is he saying that again? And before, we will come to it, Dan, the shit that he says with these lines when people have died. The shit, the shit one-liners when he, uh, when he, when he, when he executes like, uh, oh God, what's the one when he kills, when he kills Chainsaw? All down. So we've got, oh, to- go on. on, let's have them all. Well, well, do you know what? We'll come to it when we come to each person because, okay. uh, and also one of them I didn't write down so we can try and make one up. So he's in his pod where, and then he gets, basically does a bit of luge. It's very, it's very Winter Olympics, very Lily Hammer 92. Uh, for those, I used to love a Winter Olympics computer game. Really good for mashing the X in the circle, wasn't it? Get your sock on your hand and give it a quick. Uh, well, didn't me and you used to use crisp bags? If no, I remember we, rightly. No. So when me and Dan went to Butlins, we used to have some nights where, hold on, we were there. But no, 2005. So it must have been 2004 Olympics, which I think was, if they weren't Sydney, they're Athens. And you're playing those games on Athens. the PlayStation. There'd be four of us around there, maybe more. And we were allowed one layer. <laughs> this sounds wrong. One layer for the rub. So if you yeah. weren't going to do your fingers across the two buttons, like track and field, like that, you're allowed to either. I used to use a sock. Some people use a crisp bag. Because yeah, I folded the crisp bag up. Burn your fingers off, didn't it? Um, so yeah, he looks like he's losing a bit. Then he lands with his two mates. And I don't know about you, obviously you were eight. When I was watching this as a 42-year-old, I was going, okay, those are the two blokes are basically collateral on lifelines. Yep. Two men who are going to go, you're going to get killed by one person because there's four zones you've got to go through. You'll get killed in that zone and then it'll be him versus the baddie at the end. This yep. is what my action films because I was a fucking saying. But anyway, so yeah, he's landed in his nets and his mates are there and he's basically in like a dystopian world with people on motorbikes who just threaten them with a bit of revving. Who are they? Who are they? So is it, I, I think I kind of worked out as I watched it back that these guys essentially would now in this world that we're in now would be wearing high-vis tabards going this way. They uh, are but, sheep herders, Dan. The people go, come by, yeah. come by, because they don't do anything. but go, vroom, vroom. the kind of person, if they did it to you in the street when you're on a night out, you go, prick. Yeah, exactly that. You know, it, it, they they all had uh, Renault 5s and a subwoofer in the back in their spare time, didn't they? Right. That's right. And the, these guys just push them along because I'm thinking, where is the jeopardy? And this is where the film does slightly fall down because A, they haven't been given a map. So it's kind of like they've got three hours to get around this. Where are you going? You don't, I, do you know what I felt? This is actually kind of more of a serious point. I felt the film was quite claustrophobic because it, it, it felt cheap in the way that there was a lot of closer shots. There was never a wide expanse. There was never like this is Jurassic Park. You've got to get through this. Look at all this. There was never any of that. It was just kind of like you and some rubble. You on a wall, and you're going fuck. As he got from the wall to the rubble, there was never a point really where I thought, you know, like um, the Hunger yeah. Games or something. Yeah, yeah. You could see the area. It was so tight in. It was claustrophobic and also a bit cheap. Does that make sense? No, I, I agree with you. And then all of a sudden, he ends up in a uh, ice rink. 
<laughs> Again, how cheap is that? Just That's... walk around it. Yeah. And then the ice rinky man don't try and kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah, the killer called Sub-Zero, pre-Mortal Kombat, just about, who is basically just a massive bloke with a, a very sharp uh, goalkeeper's hockey stick. He is Sub-Zero! Now, Plane Zero! Yeah, yeah. Kind, kind of like a uh, an 80s odd job from James Bond. Exactly. Which are nice. Yeah, I thought that's who he was when he came out. And you think, God, he's lethal. And he can he can chop things in half. And he goes to, just to be racially stereotyping as well, behind him there's a gong. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes chop it in half. But just before he goes to chop it, I can see there's a line in it. And he just, he's got like, you know, in the uh, the arch of his stick, he's got all these bits. So you think he's a bit lethal. And they end up in a, a what you say, an ice ring. And all of a sudden they go, shit, it's cold in here. Yeah, it's because you're in an ice ring, lads. Yeah. And yeah. Go, it's got a wall around it as well. So you've walked through the wall. Uh, you know, you've walked That's... through the entrance bit like you do at Silver Blades in Sheffield. And yeah. now you're walking on ice. That's why it's cold, lads. Like they, yeah. they didn't even walk on the ice with chickens on their feet. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I don't know how they're doing it. Avid Marion joke there for you way back in the day. <laughs> Michael Jackson. I'm walking with a chicken on my feet. <laughs> uh, that's really taking me back. Um, but yeah, and then he just gets chased. But that bloke's a bit bobbins, isn't he? Because you're thinking one of them's going to go here. But mm-hmm. not. one of them gets put in a net and shut yep. like a little whelk. Yep. And then they 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 make easy easy work of him to try and lull the... Lull the uh, lure you into a false sense of security mm-hmm. uh, that they, they made easy work of him who else is coming out what else we got and then the next one is no no is it chainsaw first and then sub-zero i mean i have just finished watching this an hour ago so before you do move on to it dan i just, I just want to talk to you about the death of sub-zero because it comes mm-hmm. to the crowd for the first time and it's like tumbleweed and do you know what i would associate with some of the faces with september 1997 and the, da- the death of uh, princess diana and that was the first thing that came to mind. I was watching the faces of the people in the crowd, and it's almost—it's not that they predicted the death, you know, the untimely death of the Queen of Hearts, but it was kind of a, a point where you're just going, "Oh God," you know, communal grief. Sub Zero really meant something to these people. I don't know what his work with landmines was like and things like that, but <laughs> generally seemed to have mattered to people. And I've just found out—I've written it here. I'll get, do you know what? If you can't remember them, it'd be fun to say. You're Arnie. Give me your best Arnie voice. You've just defeated a guy who's ice based and has been killed with barbed wire strangulation and he has a big sharp stick. What do you think he says? Oh, hang on. Hang on. I can't remember this. It's been a number of years. This, oh, hang on. I want you to make one up if not. Okay. Now, bear in mind, obviously, because Arnie played um, Mr. Freeze in Batman, the ice to see you is, yeah, uh, is obviously. It was the entire movie was just it was just snow pun. So uh snow pun. I'll I'll give you that. It's nothing to do with the temperature. So is barbed wire, does he say something like don't get so prickly or something like that? I mean that would have been just as good. He says he was a real pain in the neck. <laughs> uh classic. Can we uh can we make this a thing of any Arnie film we do that you try not to rewatch it? I'll try and quiz you on it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Next up we have a lad called Buzzsaw who looks genuinely like somebody who runs a chicken farm near Doncaster. And he yeah, comes yeah. in and he's showing off to the crowd, picking up bikes, he punches someone in the face and he goes, Oh my god, he touched me. And then we meet Dynamo. Yeah. Who can only be described as uh well, uh I'm not sure. Well, uh, I tell you what, if if you just describe what he is, so we're talking big opera singing sexual predator in lights it covered in lights with what seems to be blonde hair and then he seems to be what i do like about this film is the elementals i always we used to have these um god here we go again i'm talking about things i can't remember what they were before i start i started the sentence they were a toy a bit like muslos so again look them up muslos were tiny rubber wrestlers and you had a great time with them um not because they went on the piss they were tiny they were like the size of a coin uh, but anyway there was these things that looked a bit like a bear and maybe like a lion I'm going to wait for your face if it clicks. So bear, lion, something like that, an eagle maybe. And they were really small, about this big, right? And their arms and legs kind of moved independently, but the feet stood kind of like that, stern. And on their chest, they had a bit you could put your thumb on, and it would change logo to like fire or earth or water or wood. And I can't remember for life of me what they were. Right. It was the same technology as Thunder Punch He-Man. You know, where you, you, you know, you they twist at the waist and they punch and then the dint would appear, wouldn't it? God, I'm going to have to... Oh, no, honestly. no, 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 no. This was a sticker. It was a heat... You know them, them, them cops? Oh, visionaries. What? Visionaries. Is that what they were? No, they, they were had... more like men. These were like small animals. They were really small. And it was the same sort of stuff, though, that when you put your... Wow. Um, one of the characters was called See-Through. 
I had them as a kid. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If you pad for me now, I will. Um, okay, let's endeavor to get them in. I will uh, slip over to the keyboard and do some padding. This is the padding section while Dan finds the small animals with the transfery heat chests that are elemental now. More padding? They had they had like cloaks on. Oh, no, the, no, no, no. no. Uh, the, the, these were, honestly, the only thing about them that moved with Sabre's arms and then this this bit here, you put your thumb on it and it heated up and it showed you what they were and they was like, ah, I'm wood. And the next one would go, oh, I'm fire, I've burnt you. And that's how you no. played them. Okay, I will. I will find a picture and try and add it to this. Yes, yeah, can you? Yeah. That might, must be some frustrating radio for somebody. That <laughs> no, no, it, it was around. It was a roundaway point of saying I quite like things that elemental base. It's a bit like okay. got, you know, a bit rock, rock paper scissors in some sort of way. And you've got that with these because obviously you've got um, you've got your man Sub Zero is to do with cold and sharp yep. things. I guess Buzzsaw is all about chainsaws, massive in the eighties. Dynamo yep. is all about he lights neon lights with his fiery electricity, which is yeah, very yeah, yeah. as well, isn't it? So a lot of these things are very contemporary at the time. I don't know where the opera comes in. Um, probably, you know, he was a bit Chris Farley in a way, wasn't he? Quite a big chap. We end up seeing him in his undercrackers later on. So these two come at them. Uh, is anyone dead in this bit? Oh yeah, we lose a couple, don't we? We lose two lads here. Yeah, we've lost. Uh, we've lost. Is it? I, I tell you what, we've lost. And and this is a trope that you, you probably know really well. We lost the red shirts. Now, yeah. as you mentioned earlier, the jumpsuits that uh, that Arnie and uh, Amber wear. Adidas. They're you know they're they're yellow and silver, and I can confirm that there is an Adidas logo on the uh, on the shoulder. Didn't oh, even wow. notice that before. Well, fair play on picking up that. And the other two guys have silver jumps jumpsuits on, so they're essentially the red shirts. It was same at the prison break at the beginning, where these guys who didn't have names, apart from I think there's one called Chico, uh, everybody doesn't have a name who dies. You know what I mean? It's a it's a full red shirt. Red shirt tropes. I think we've lost everybody by the time we've got to um we've got to bus. Fireball. Yeah. But yeah, so Fireball is like the mini boss, isn't he? He's like the, the pre-boss before uh, before we get to the big one, right? The the big one is yeah, we'll come, we'll come to me because there's a couple of bits I want to add to this as well. So you you said the story about the Adidas tops. I've now got it in my head that the lesser ones have it made by Puma or, or with words, <laughs> Panther. I've told you this story before, but I need to tell this. It's a proper 80s story, it's funny, and it turns class and everything on its head. So growing up in Skeg, uh, the junior school I was at, everybody had these football boots made by a brand called Panther. Now, for those of you who don't play football or something, Panther are not a known brand. They're not a household brand at all. They were plastic. They had terrible studs on them. They would fall to bits in two secs. But most people didn't have a lot of money flying about, so they all had Panther boots. Now, one lad turned up at school in some Nike football boots with a swoosh on the side, and we all went, what are they? Oh, they're Nike. Why you got Panthers like us? And he took them back and got Panthers. And it just, to me, it just, it says, I mean, it's lovely for his mum and dad for we got a bit of money back, but it's just, I love the fact of how that works on its head, the peer pressure stuff and things like that. We're not bullied him or anything like that, but he was like, oh, I'll get me some shit Panthers. He might not have had a career as a footballer because of the inverted snobbery of the working class of Skagness, but uh, <laughs> similar with those suits, I thought he might have had a Panther. So yeah, Sub-Zero, um, Sorry, Buzzsaw and Dynamo come along. Buzzsaw has a bit of a fight with uh, Arnie, and like you say, gets a chainsaw right in the uh, undercarriage. Dynamo, slightly different. Um, how do you remember how he comes unstuck? I uh, want to say he had a, he had a little go kart thing that he was chasing him around in, and then it kind of went up on some rocks. And instead of getting out and just zapping him with his with his electric hand because they're just climbing up some rocks, he decides he's going to try and drive up that. The car gets caught and it rolls down the bottom. So he's like a sitting duck. And Arnie gets the opportunity to smash him in the face with a rod. Yeah. And and mercy and mercy shows a bit of mercy and punctures the the engine of the go-kart. Yeah. And while he's while he's wincing because he knows he's done for. And then they just carry on. Do we get a line from Arnie there? We we get one to do with she's the, the girl's been electrocuted, but somehow she survived. The other mate mm-hmm. electrocuted, the other boat's got cut with a chainsaw, so they're gone. Uh she comes along and says, What happened to Buzzsaw? And he says, Oh, you. God, hang on. Remember, he's had a chainsaw. Oh, wait, I, I, I think I remember this. Is it something where he goes, he had to split? Well done, yeah. He yeah! Had That's right. Uh, he had to split. Um, so, yeah, bang on. That's absolutely wonderful. Right to the point. Do you know what the best thing is? The next bit I've written is a dead person eyes thing. And I don't know what the fuck that means. So I'll talk about it. So, yeah, then Fireball is sent out. Uh, he's just been watching from the... Uh, from the green room with all the other lads and Captain Freedom, 
there, there was no real reference to to why this guy was sat watching the TV with everybody. And and as and as the camera kept cutting to him, I remember really vividly, he'd have less clothes on. Yeah, like yeah. he had he had like a full shirt and tie on, then he's then it's two buttons down, then he's got the shirt wide open, and then he gets called in, doesn't he? And then you go, oh that's who he is. <laughs> but this is the one that's a bit different because um Bussaw's on a scrambler bike, very kickstart, very 1980s. Dynamo, like you say, is in a very sharp angled go-kart type thing. Mm-hmm. Really bloody weird. Fireball just wearing chainmail and walks at him. <laughs> he comes off. Isn't he start. isn't he the one with the jetpack? He's got a jetpack, but he's also got um he's got like a flamethrower. So and he, you see some proper range on it, which seems to go missing when he finds them in a in a corridor of all things. And you're like, well, just yeah. fly down the corridor, the fuck. And what I don't get is he he doesn't really walk at them. He sort of just stands in the doorway, then they run <laughs> off. And then they found some of the guys who've been told by the media that were dead, that were alive and have been a great life because they completed the show, they're dead. So mm-hmm. uh, he's done the thing where he's got the girl, she's on the floor. Here we go, lighting up the old thing. That's me gun noises again. And what happens here? Arnie comes flying out the ceiling and pulls out his thing out the back of it. And he goes, Ah, oh, my fluid pipe, or something like that. Like, that's uh, this is his biggest problem. He's on the floor going, I've lost my, my jet fuel. Yeah. Then he basically gets blown up by Arnie with a flare. Now, it's quite an explosion because he's only got a flare. Two things coming here. First of all, what does Arnie say when he throws him the flare? Oh, does he just say catch or something like that? How about the light? Ah, oh, brilliant. That's the last thing that man hears. And then when he's dead, so this is a fire-based person, what does Arnie say to just the okay. screen, really? Okay, so he's, he just says to it, and, it, and he's, he's been burnt to death with a flag. It's how about light? And he goes, oh, is it something like, I told you smoking was bad for you? Why is he turning into like Shabba Ranks? Yeah. I wasn't Shabba Ranks. I said like Apache Indian. Uh, Irie, Irie. Oh, uh, so, uh, no, he says. What a hothead. <laughs> yes. Yes, Arnie. Yeah. Listen, it's at this point that I need to interject that the movie that you watched uh, isn't true to the book that, uh, that Stephen King wrote. And Edgar Wright has been commissioned. It was announced two years ago that Edgar Wright is going to remake it. That's a lot more true to the text. So, you know, these bits, these cheesy eighties moments that we've got with these, with these phrases, uh, you know, enjoy them because they're not coming back. No, I saw there was going to be a remake with it. And, but again, that's kind of what happened with The Shining. Like I say, The Shining book is way better than the film. I think even though the film's great, but um, there is one more person to be sorted out through all this. The, uh, mm-hmm. the who's causing all this pain, Declan, what's her name again? Uh, Damon Killian. But there's okay. a guy in between there. Oh, you got um. Well, it's kind of a fake fight, isn't it, with Captain Freedom? Right. So Captain Freedom is that? I want to say is it Jesse the Body Ventura who's also in Predator? Is it the same geezer? When I looked him up, he is in Predator as well. I've not seen Predator, obviously. So okay. yeah, I'm taking it, it is. Yeah, I think it is. It is, and he's like the retired monster, isn't he? That that comes back for one more fight. But don't don't they have a tear up as well? I, I, I'm, no, I'm, it's a virtual tear up because he's done with it. He thinks he's better than, it. and he says, "I want to rip him up." And they've got him dressed up in all silver armor, and he's going, "I'm not going to wear this." I'm like RoboCop, no, he doesn't. Yeah, uh, but it's it's basically a similar thing. Like so, they make it a virtual fight where Arnie gets put on spikes on a wall because yeah. at first it did Deep throw fake. me, even though I knew they were going to do the virtual thing because she falls down a tube and he throws her on a load of bloody barbed wire dead and you're like jesus christ <laughs> this is stepped up so yeah he doesn't really fight him but declan is uh i keep calling him declan damon damon sorry it's uh it's a bit of a shitty fight because he's basically a talk show host versus a, a massive muscular man i will say dan even though you're well in shape with it at the minute i would not be one of one of those guys next to arnie in those suits that man is in, <laughs> i mean it's a big shape but he's in shape you they are unforgiving I'm just, I'm, I'm literally just, just, I've got it on in the background now, just to give myself some, some, re, some points to remember. And I, that that fight scene's on here right now, the one with Captain Freedom. Oh yeah, and and Arnie looks sublime, doesn't he? Doesn't he look great? Like, and I, and I'm looking at him now, and I thought he was bigger than that. <laughs> I don't know why, I don't, but it... yeah, I don't think he's tall. No, he isn't, is he? Let's look it up. Uh, where is he? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's have a look here. He is. Uh... Well, I don't know. It won't tell me how tall he is. I'm gonna have to. I'll have to look that one up. But um, either way, even if he's shorter than me, I'm not gonna say to him, "All right, Arnie, you're short ass." Let's have a look. Height in feet. He is. Drum roll, please. Six foot two. He's an inch shorter than me. 
Oh, that's why it looks tiny to us, mate. That's why it looks tiny to us. We could we could stand next to him. We could have him. Apparently, he waits off season like he's some sort of some sort of like uh, deer. He weighs 118 kilograms, but in contest, he weighs 107. Wait, those of you who do, uh, who do I'm, that. I'm 103 right now, and I do not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's just proper upset me. I'm going home. I've done it. I'm retiring already. But the best bit is, people also asked, "Is Arnold Schwarzenegger five foot ten? And how tall was he at his prime?" Is the best bit where you're going at his what, like when he was reading to the the weights and stuff and doing them poses in his tiny pants. But anyway, we, I, I digress because we're going to talk about our man Damon. Sorry. Basically, has a bit of a funny argument with him. Arnie puts him in the car that he hated before, and then he gets shot in the car tube thing. A lot of speed. Now, what happens to his face, Dan? Oh, it gets it gets distorted, doesn't it? No, is, is that not yeah. the one? Yeah, like mental. Like, why didn't that happen to anyone else? Well, what they wanted to do was portray G force, didn't they? But it didn't happen to Arnie, and it didn't happen to the uh, the red shirts, and it didn't happen to Amber. But there's a bit in that scene where they they kind of speed it up, like like a Carry On movie. Oh, yeah. And then at the when when Arnie gets shot down that pipe, there's a net to catch the, catch the pod. There is. But but when <laughs> when they shoot Damon Killian down there, there's no net, right? I appreciate that a net's going to go. But now there is a ramp. That yep. sends Damon into a billboard of himself and it just inexplicably just explodes. And yeah, that's the bit. Because there was never a point where they said, if anyone hits this, there's a lot of fuel behind it. It's I mean it's 80s, of course. You know, there's a lot of explosions. But final one. What does Arnie say when Damon goes through the billboard? Because of course he has to have another quip. Right. Okay. So okay. For, for those of you listening, he's gone in a little cart very fast through a picture of himself into an explosion. And what does Arnie say? Ah, you've you've thrown me off there because I thought it to be in reference to his twenty-four uh, hour TV program, and he'd say something like, "You've just been cancelled." No, he says, "Oh, that hit the spot." <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell! <laughs> Terrible. Amazing. Now the thing is, uh, and that's it. End of. Oh, the, there's end. a song at the end where someone sings the following line, and I now I can't remember for the life of me how it goes. So I'm going to start doing what I think it sounds like. It's like a. It's quite romantic. He obviously gets off with a woman who is known for all two minutes and, and completely let him down. This is no game. Standing in the dark, I swear I heard you calling my name. <laughs> That's the words. Bang on the money. Bang on the money in it. Yeah, what what a what a weird bang on the money that track is. <laughs> you know what we need, guys. Uh, you know, I was in Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> you should, I know. I used to be uh, Starsky to uh, David Souls Hutch. Now that boy can sing. Oh, I'll tell you what, uh, Silver Lady is a right tune by David Soul. Look it up. Um, but yeah, this is no game. Standing in the dark, I swear I heard you. Now, it sounds like it's someone like um, Kenny Loggins. Or, mm. uh, and he said, it's Richard Marx, not Karl Marx. <laughs> yeah, Karl Marx. Oh, yeah. We're standing by the river. And he's all like, and the manifesto of the people is very important. Karl Marx did definitely not have a singing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Film over. Now, um, Again, it's a funny one to watch because that's you know last last time we did RoboCop, which was awful in many many ways. Now, isn't it funny? You start getting into these films, and maybe this is what my friends and people all these years have thought when they've gone, "Oh no, it's great that because they can compare it to something else." Mm-hmm. So last week we said how much I was pissed off by the crying robots on their back because they couldn't handle. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think this is a better film than RoboCop. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, we're good. We have we've genuinely not discussed this. I think it's a better film, and I gave RoboCop four. I actually think it's worth three and a half, because I'm trying to find some wiggle room in it. I think RoboCop is really shit. Neither film, I believe, has any acting in. No, no, the the acting is straight up terrible. How Arnold Schwarzenegger is as famous is what he is, and to get to the point where he becomes governor of California Mm. is just purely based on the fact that he ate loads of protein and lifted heavy circles. I mean, he is not talented in the absolute slightest in terms of acting and the silver screen. He's awful. Oddy though, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because me and you could both do exactly the same workout and look different. You could argue that his metabolic rate uh, really hits the spot. But mm-hmm. no, he, he, can't, he can't. I I even seen him as Richard Kimball in Kindergarten Cop and seen him as one of my favorites, you know, Dr. Friesner. Uh, I don't think he's great at all. So, it, going... sorry. So, can I just you, Richard Kimball? I'm pretty sure is Harrison Ford's character in The Fugitive. 
Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not, I, I might no, be wrong, but Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, 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 no. I'm all for a bit of a Google search. Character in Kindergarten Cop was called John Kimball. Ah! John Kimball. I knew it was a Kimball because I know one of the kids. Goes, hey, Mr. Kimball. It was really <laughs> uh, But weirdly, the picture they've got of him there, uh, we need to go to that. Colin Chris, played by Richard Tyson. He's a drug dealer, a father. Oh, it's a great film. I've seen Kindergarten Cop. Oh, you've seen that one. We can't do it then. Can't, can't talk it. about it. It wouldn't be the same podcast. It'd be called You've Seen That. <laughs> seen that. Let's talk about it. If only there were podcasts in the world that could that just talked about some stuff that they already knew about. Well, we can't the thing is, in a way, when I've seen it, we kind of are. I guess it's kind of a thing of going, Jesus, I'm surprised. Do you know there's also a really awful moment where um and this wouldn't wash now. This is a, a scene with just two women in. We need to find mm-hmm. out what that scale's called as well. There's a, there's a scale that I knew of where it's to do with how much in a film women have a conversation either yes. with themselves where, you know, that because this is really, I know there's uh, Amber's in it quite a lot as well, but it's it's ironic that one of the probably darkest moments is between two women. Now, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. because of the fact that it's, you know, it's, it's a way that women were meant to expect to be back then, but it's a bit where, I don't know if you know this, she, so she's, she's getting some drink or something with a mate and he's been brought through. Schwarzenegger's been brought through and she's at this point shopped him and God knows what he's looking all big in his prison suit and that girl says something like oh he could have killed you because the other woman's impressed by it and she went he could have raped you but she's acting all sexy the way she says it she went he could have killed you then raped you and she's like yeah I'm like Jesus yeah. Christ because you're obviously going he's hot but that's the way you went with it was that it's like yeah me, that's- it, it, the, the scale you're talking about is called the Bechdel movie test that's right. And um, or sometimes called the Mo Movie Measure, uh, where it it, it where it, the, it hang on, I'll, I'll read it to you. It goes. I'll, I'll come back to your point. My apologies. Uh, and he uh, it says it has to have at least two women in it who talk to each other about something besides a man. That's yeah, exactly. uh, that. And and this was this was brought in around that time, wasn't it? Or it became more prevalent around that time. But the the scene that you're talking about is really dark. Like. Hmm. Like really frighteningly dark, and then, and then there's one bit that we've missed, which I've not seen outside of um, the movie Machete, is where somebody uses their, where a female uses her re- reproductive organs as a pocket. Um, oh no! Hold on, no. I it gets know. referenced, right? It gets referenced. Yeah. But because do you know what's funny is because of what they were wearing, I was first it was Arnie's fault. I went, I wonder what pants he's got on. Mm-hmm. I often think that with films. And then with her, I thought, I wonder if because they've kind of forced her into the show and gone, Is there a conversation? Hey, hold on, I ain't got my best pants on, or oh, hold on, I ain't got a bra on with this, and then it's not gonna work. All that conversation. So when yeah, there's a bit of information she smuggled out, and he goes, Where did you hide that? And she sort of goes, Don't yeah. you want to know, or something like that. I I must admit it probably says more about you, Dan, that I thought in my bra. And you've gone up the chuff, as it were. <laughs> I, I just watched Machete with Danny Trejo, right. and and now in my head, that's, that's where it. things are kept. Like a like a kangaroo's uh, pouch. Okay. Yeah. So for all you female listeners, uh let's stop there now before and please never have a relationship with Dan. <laughs> uh, so yeah, overall, uh, com- again, it's it's a funny place because we're going to start comparing these in a line as well. So compared mm-hmm. to RoboCop, night and day. In terms- so are you going are you going to bump down RoboCop now from 4? Mm. I have to because of what I'm giving this. Okay. So we're going to have 0.5 measures as well. So RoboCop I gave a 4. It's now been it's lost half a point. It's gone down to three and a half because this gets a 5. Uh, Five. No, yeah, fuck it. Because I know there will be better, Dan. I know I've seen better films than this by a mile. There's no acting in it. That it's very close up a lot of time. You can't get the expanse of it. It's very but with that ice rink thing. Basically, might as well have done it in Iceland. Uh, there's lots of this. Say the script's terrible. It's not even like there's many special effects. It's just few explosions. I want more blood after RoboCop. Yeah, it's a five, and uh, and it should be happy with it because I'm sure it's second tier Schwartz you've given me here. You haven't gone top shelf, you know? Oh, oh God. Right. But, the, but I, this is one of my favorites, right? Because, you know, uh, Terminator's got a lot more nuances to it, right? And uh, Predator has got a lot more suspense to it and, and 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 a lot more red shirts, as it were. And it's got the violence now, you you know, to satisfy your your blood thirst, the blood thirst, blood lust that you've now got from, uh, from watching Robocop. But this is a solid six and a half for me. This is... This is li- hang on. What did I give Robocop? Yeah, on, I'm gonna have give... to bump down Robocop now, aren't I? To you a five, a seven. 
this is better than RoboCop. This is, this yeah. is, it, it, you know, if RoboCop's a seven, this is a nine, but no way is this a nine. It's like you say, this is, yeah. this is utter shite. So, so I'm bumping, I'm bumping RoboCop down to a five and I'm putting this in at six and a half. Isn't it funny that, that they were made the same year? Otherwise, they could have had this is better than Robocop on the uh, <laughs> on the thing. <laughs> better than that shiny robot with no genitalia. Um, next time, uh, we've already decided we're going to go with this one. We are going to be looking at the, again, I really don't know a lot about it, but I'll tell you, you know, in the pod as we do it, we're going to be uh, watching and enjoying Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, what, are you happy with that one, Dan? I'm, I, honestly, I'm mega happy with this one. I'm, I'm, I'm literally just suggesting movies that I really enjoy. And like, there's going to be a point where I'm going to go, yeah, fuck it, let's just watch Basic Instinct. Or, or you know, oh yeah, or... oh yeah. At the minute, it's at the minute when it doesn't matter when there's yeah. no money involved, there's no sponsors, it's just two bucks chatting the shit. We're let's just... watch what we like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's just fucking go for it. Um, so yeah, it's uh, that one overall. Like I say, well done, Running Man. You've beaten RoboCop and pushed it down into second place in the overall list. Probably do a list and uh, and things like that. And uh, again, we will uh, we'll be back next week with another pod for you. And until then, um, just you have to split. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs>